What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. If there's one thing I've witnessed, battled with, seen the effect of this entire past year is fatigue, mental, physical, and at times downright exhaustion of the spirit. And not surprisingly, it's also one of the main things I found to be the difference maker. It's almost been as clear to see the difference like night and day. Those that prepare and equip themselves to manage exhaustion and fatigue of all these three kinds, mental, physical, and spiritual, are those who are best positioned to see the light of another day. I literally mean light. And I don't mean to be dramatic. It really is that real. Those that don't literally do not see the light. And by literally, I mean it literally lowers their chance of survival. And in other literal forms, even in the presence of light, if fatigue is let to settle in, and overtake, there is a darkness and a dreariness that drowns out even the bit of light shining through. This one thing is more directly tied to the quality of life lived than almost anything else I've identified over the past year. Mainly because of how powerfully it infects and spills over into every other aspect of our being, if not managed properly. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. It erodes our will. It disconnects us from any productive perspective and ultimately diminishes our worth in the face of what could have been a call to adventure. So managing fatigue then has proved itself to be of utmost importance to manage and push the limits of because of how much it shapes what we see or not see on the other side. At the end of the day, the point at which we meet fatigue is different for everyone. And it all comes down to training. It all comes down to built up stamina or building up stamina. Those that are more physically fit have trained their stamina and not surprisingly encounter fatigue at a much different stage, much further along than those who haven't trained a day in their life which in turn obviously affects how far one will go over the other. You think you'll outrun Kipchoge? Not without a lifetime of training. You think your exhaustion threshold is the same as his? I doubt it. And of course, this is easy to point out and maybe even easy to build a program of training for to increase physical stamina and therefore push the line of total fatigue further and further in the physical realm But we aren't just talking about physical fatigue here. Especially through the difficulties and tragedies of life, what it will come down to and what will matter more is our emotional stamina. And working that out isn't as obvious as marathon training. Although they aren't completely separate, and I wouldn't Discount the mental stamina built alongside challenging your physical endurance. 
but an untrained, fragile spirit is vulnerable to faltering from fatigue a lot quicker and more violently than any other easily trained aspects of our being. And the work to develop spiritual endurance is grueling and not as tactically apparent. The levers to pull don't scream out at you and make themselves be known in any obvious fashion that is helpful or easy to see. But the consequence of ignoring this work of such development does show up as painfully clear. It's almost alarming how literal the effect of fatigue is and what it has on every facet of life. What's interesting is aside from building up stamina to improve strength and endurance over time, what compounds the effect of fatigue and speeds forward failure is the attitude, perspective, and the stories we tell ourselves while in the battle. So fatigue already presents a challenge, but what can speed forward failure is our attitude and perspective while we are on that road. The quality of mental chatter and the tools we have in place to manage it while on that marathon of life determines how far we will go and how tired we are around each bend of the road. Managing that mental chatter then becomes the first lever to pull in delaying and training to up the threshold of fatigue and failure. Like David Goggins running untrained ultramarathons, our bodies and spirit can perform miracles if we have a strong enough reason to push through, even without proper training, if we have a bag of whys to pull from. But without that sustaining why, that reason, failure is certain, and it's coming faster than we'd like to invite. I've seen throughout this entire year, something I was advised almost as soon as my father's treatment started last year. The doctors told me clearly, and since then I have seen this myself, patients with stage four cancer who come in with a positive attitude and a willingness to live has use that positivity, and that positivity has led to more positive prognosis than any other single variable. The treatment and protocols that are followed are identical among all the patients, as long as the cancer is the same, obviously. So what it ultimately comes down to is how your individual body responds to the treatment. Does it invite it or fight it? Does it welcome it and its curing efforts, or does it hinder it? And that difference is made in the mind, somewhere beyond the material plane. And not surprisingly, the doctors told me they have seen stage one cancer patients who deal poorly, give up hope, and a will to fight because of a weak and fragile why, or whatever the reason is, and unfortunately, they fare worse in their prognosis than the stage 4 patients. It medically makes no sense. But even at stage 1, they can have a shorter lifespan and a worse quality of life than someone who started out way sicker. The lower threshold of pain and endurance 
that hasn't been worked out without a sustaining reason to push through therefore means fatigue and ultimately failure is experienced much quicker. And this is the last thing you want for yourself or someone you love. Because the battle they lost was first in the mind. And for you, if it's someone you love, it's harder to treat from the outside than every other aspect of their disease. That internal strength to pull through comes back down to the individual, to the one going through it, to us. It is a test of endurance, as is most of life. And don't mistake what I'm saying for trying to avoid failure altogether. Failure isolated in itself isn't an indication of heading in the wrong direction. It's just how failure can be induced or expedited by fatigue that can be avoided or delayed if we train for it. If anything, failure might be a positive sign of growth that you are trying, that on a daily basis you are leaving yourself spent on the mat, pushing toward the last few reps to failure. Purposeful training to failure is actually how you train endurance for fatigue in the first place. That means for your body to push and strain your muscle, for your mind to expand and stretch and grow by challenging your thoughts and beliefs continuously throughout your life, and for your spirit to willingly bear a load on your soul so over time, more and more of your spirit can be called forth and upon. We just have to be willing to train our fitness on all these fronts to improve endurance. This ultimately puts us in control of the difference maker that I mentioned, our downright ability to manage fatigue. Our fitness, training it, helps us manage fatigue, which is the difference maker, which then ultimately affects the boldness with which we show up in life. Because courage won't be there being diminished by fatigue. So are you tired? If the answer is yes, there is a part of you less alive than it should be. Something not fully turned on. Something else you can draw energy from that is full of potential to source you. There is no exhaustion when you are being pulled by the force of something greater. There is little exertion required at that point from you. Little effort, little chance of fatigue. Your fatigue is a sign of a bigger dysfunction, a greater lack, a more obvious deficit somewhere else. But that's a conversation for another day. I love you, family. I'll see you in the next show.